You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today we have a special message in store for you. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truth from his word today. We live in such a changing world and changing so rapidly it almost takes your breath away. You see how different things are in these latter days. I'm thankful we serve a God that doesn't change. Speaking of a God that doesn't change, let's go to the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20. God's laws have not changed. Though some may teach and preach that they have, they haven't. The Lord does not change. His word does not change. His commandments do not change. And I want to focus in on just one of the Ten Commandments. Look with me, if you would, to verse 12. Honor thy father and thy what? Mother. Mother's Day. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless the preaching of your word today. Use it to speak deeply into our hearts. Encourage our moms that are here today and thank you for them. And thank you for the institution of the home and marriage and motherhood. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's turn to another very familiar passage of Scripture, uh, Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God. I've entitled the message this morning, Mothers, Our First Line of Defense. Our Mothers, the First Line of Defense. If you haven't noticed, America is under attack. Never in my lifetime, and many of you here are much older than I am, and I believe you would totally agree with me that we have never seen the attack upon our nation as we are seeing it today. It's raging all around us. Our enemy is not the Democratic Party. Although if I were a Democrat, I would be ashamed to admit it in these latter days. The platform and the policies of the Democratic Party are appalling. Thank you. But the Democratic Party is not the enemy. I believe they're being used by the enemy to destroy this nation, but they're not the enemy. The enemy is not our public educational system, although it is also being used very effectively by the enemy to destroy this nation. It's not our colleges and our universities and all the crazy things that are going on in our higher levels of education. It's not our court system. 
Although I believe our founders would roll over in their grave if they knew some of the decisions that were coming down through our courts. So though the Democratic Party may be being used by the enemy, the school, the colleges, the university, our courts, and we could go on and on, the Bible says our enemy is the devil. He's the instigator. He, listen, he is the one behind all that's going on today. And that tells me this is a spiritual warfare issue. And as a spiritual warfare issue, I believe with all of my heart that our mothers are our first line of defense against the encroachment of the enemy. Ephesians chapter 6 Verse 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Boy, has he been very crafty in the pushing forward of his agenda. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, warrior moms. We need warrior moms as we have never needed them before in our homes, in our churches, and in our nation. The Bible says, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Warrior moms, keep fighting the good fight of faith. It may appear as you look around you that we're losing and we're giving up ground, but I'm, I'm going to say stand strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be a warrior mom. You are our first line of defense. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day. That's our day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, having on the breastplate of righteousness, your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith you shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Be a warrior mom. was reading this article by a fellow by the name of Chuck Lawless. Interesting last name. And just before I read this article, while I was gone on vacation, I happened to pull up CBN News, Christian Broadcasting Network News. If you don't have that app on your phone, I encourage you to get it. It's great news. And I was reading about how that now in California, California's instituted a new curriculum going all the way down to kindergarten where now they're teaching kindergartners that they can choose whether or not they're going to be a boy or whether or not they're going to be a girl. Transgenderism. I want you to know that is child abuse. 
And I had just seen that and read that, and my heart was just, I was just broken. And then I read this article by Chuck Lawless. It's called The Devil's Relentless Attack Upon the Home. And he gave 10 reasons why Satan is attacking our families. I thought this was very interesting. I agreed with every one of them. Number one, he says his aim is to destroy what God has created. He hates God. He hates God's creation. The very first institution that God established was the home, the family, motherhood. Number two, he said he wants to destroy society. In order to do so, he has to destroy the family. Number three, he wants to take out the primary place where discipleship takes place. Never quite thought of it in that way, but that's true. That's where the discipleship of children first takes place. He wants to destroy and harm our witness as Christians. He wants to strive to disqualify people from the ministry. Number six, he wants to... Uh, this, he wants to redirect the church away from evangelism and discipleship, causing it to focus on its many family problems. Number seven, he always wants to hinder prayer. God tells us if things aren't right in the family, our prayers will be hindered. He delights to scar lives. He loves to produce bitterness. And number 10, he weakens the entire church when the homes fall apart. I thought he had some pretty good points. Maybe you could go online and read the entire article. Those are just the highlights of it. Pew Research has this article, What Has Caused the Dramatic Change in America's Family? And this is the introduction to the article. Said the three main causes of change in the American families are, number one, the rising divorce rate. Number two, the changing of the role of women. And number three, changing attitudes about marriage. The divorce rate, changing of the role of women, the changing of attitudes about marriage. As I mentioned, the family was the very first institution that God has established. And I believe that in the family, it is not the father, it is the mother because she is the keeper at home. It is the mother who is the first line of defense. And so let me encourage you moms to war a good warfare, to fight that good fight of faith. We need you to hang in there and keep fighting. The word mother I had never looked up the word mother in my lifetime. How many of you have ever gone to a dictionary and looked up the word mother? Oh, okay, you've all joined me in that then, right? So here we've been using a word all of our life, we don't even know what it means. What does the word mother mean? Dictionary definition. 
to bear and bring up children with care and affection. To look after, to care for, to take care of, to nurture, to nurse, to cherish, to tend, to raise, to rear, and to protect. To protect. Warrior moms. Many years ago, when I was uh, a young man, one of the favorite things that my father and I would do together, my father was an outdoorsman, that's why I picked up my love for the out-of-doors and hunting and fishing. But we were raised in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, and there was a lot of trout streams. And we would go brook trout fishing. Totally different than the kind of fishing you do down here. You'd fish in small little streams. that Many of them you could just leap across. And uh, my father was taking me out, and we were doing some brook trout fishing, and we came to this bank of the river that was a sandy bank, and there were some fresh bear tracks. And there was the mother bear tracks, and then you could see the little tracks of the cubs. And my dad looked at me, and he said, Danny, we better get out of here right now. And I said, why? He said, the, the last thing that we want to do is get in between a mother bear and her cubs. I'm so thankful for all the mama bears that we have at Fellowship Baptist Church. Now, your little cubs may not appreciate it, mama bears. But as a mom, you are our first line of defense. You have been called upon to protect those precious children that God has entrusted to you. Take your Bible and turn to Titus with me in chapter 2. Titus chapter 2, verse 3 through verse 5. That the aged women Say, who are aged women? Those are women who are past their years of bearing children. So if you're an aged woman, would you please stand right now? Okay. All right. These are our aged women. My wife now stands with you. Thank you. you may be seated. Now, all the rest of the women in the church, please stand. All the rest of the women, please stand. All right. You are the younger women. Aren't you thankful to be a part of that group? Thank you. you may be seated. Titus chapter 2 speaks to the aged women and to the younger women. The aged women likewise, that they be in behavior that becometh what? I can't hear you. What? Holiness. You aged women that just stood, your goal into life is to be a holy woman. So you can be that example that those younger women who stood can look at, model their life after. That the aged women likewise be in behavior that becometh holiness, not false accusers that would involve gossip and slander, 
not given to much wine. And let me just say this, wine in the Bible is much different than the alcohol that we have today. Had very, very little low alcoholic content, just natural fermentation. The Bible does say, take a little bit of wine for thy stomach's sake and for thy often infirmities. It was used, but it was not used by God's people as a pleasurable drink. So not given to much wine. Teachers of good things. The older women teaching the younger women that they may teach the younger women to be sober, to be serious-minded, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet. That means modest. Well, we could use a little bit of that today. To be discreet or modest, to be chaste, which means to be morally pure. You young ladies that just stood, you ought to look at these older women in the church because I'm here to tell you, we got some older women who are holy women, who are godly women, who dress the way that they should, act the way that they should, and they're morally pure. I don't care what society is doing. Everyone else may be doing it, but God's people ought not to be. Come out from among them and be separate. That they be discreet and chaste and keepers at home. Our first line of defense. That they be good women, obedient to their own husbands. That the word of God be not, what's the last word? Blasphemed. Blasphemed. Proverbs says, every wise woman buildeth her house, our first line of defense. Every wise woman buildeth her house, but a foolish woman plucketh it down with her hands. There is a sevenfold ministry that God has given to every mom here today. Because of our time, I'm just going to mention them. We can give you the scriptures later if you would like, but there's the ministry of bearing children 2 Timothy 2.15. There is the ministry of training children, Proverbs 22.6. There's the ministry of serving within the home, Galatians 5.13. There is the ministry of loving your children, Titus 2.4. There is the ministry of prayer, Philippians 4.6. There's the ministry of being a good example and a good influence, Ezekiel 16, I do have to quote this verse. As a mother is, so is her daughter. I'm so thankful for my wife's influence on my three precious daughters. I got the most awesome daughters. I'm glad the Bible doesn't say as a father is, so is his sons, because... We won't even go down that road right now. Then there's the ministry of protection. She looketh well to the ways of her household. Our first line of defense. 
Since my wife and I were gone on vacation, we really don't do much. Except spend a little bit of time with each other. And the vast majority of the time, you'll find us with our Bible open, deep into study. You would see my wife sitting out there on the porch like this, muttering to herself. I remember when my wife used to walk up and down our road, people thought that she had lost her mind because she'd walk up and down the road and she'd just be like this and she'd be talking to herself. And uh, she finally had to quit doing that because they thought that pastor's wife down there at the end of the road was a nutcase. <laughs> but I did something I've never done before. I've heard of the fall of the Roman Empire, the greatest power ever to exist on the face of the earth, especially at that time. And I'd heard about its decline from its greatness and influence throughout the whole world to then just falling into disarray. And so I thought, you know, as long as I got time, I'm just going to take the day and I'm going to study the fall of the Roman Empire. And I read article after article after article and I began to jot down various things about what caused the decline and fall and demoralization of the Roman Empire. It never was conquered from without. It just collapsed. And then I found something else in my study. Every major civilization that has collapsed had the same things happen to them that happened to the Roman Empire. Like we never learn from history. And so I found 13 things that really caused the fall of the Roman Empire. Let me just share them with you today. And as I share them with you today, I want you to think about America. This is stunning. Number one was the expansion of government and governmental control over almost every aspect of life. What do we see today in America? The rise of socialism. Number two, high taxation. This was their high taxation, between 25 to 30 percent. Have you ever really stopped and considered all the taxes that we pay? On things that we don't even see as taxes, like hunting license? That's nothing but a tax. Dog license, nothing but a tax. There are so, if I am correct in what I've found, there is almost a hundred hidden taxes that you don't even consider taxes. And then I came across this, that the average American family, the average American family spends $14,210 a year in taxes. High taxation, one of the fall, cause of the fall of the Roman Empire. Number three, welfare programs which promoted dependence upon government and idle life and seeking of pleasure. Because if you have an idle life, you've got to fill it with something, right? What do we have today? The redistribution of wealth? Government programs? Of course, I think there's like 
200 and some people running for president for the Democratic Party or something like that, no? <laughs> but one man was on there. His name is Andrew Yang. Any of you ever heard of Andrew Yang? This is his platform. He wants to give every American $1,000 per month. That'll get you some votes right there. <laughs> Number four, the spending of public money on circuses. On, on circuses. You know the Barnum and Bailey, you know, by the wayside now? So what we're talking about, the spending of public money on entertainment. That was their entertainment, the circus. Number five, obsession on sports and the building of gigantic sports stadiums. Wow. Number six, the undermining and dignity and sanctity of the home. Number seven, this surprised me, no-fault divorce. Stanford University. No-fault divorce is not unique to the 20th century. The ancient Romans showed us the way. In fact, the Romans were more liberal in their divorce practices than contemporary societies, according to Stanford University. To divorce one or both parties to a Roman marriage simply had to consider themselves no longer married. It was deemed advisable to notify the other party. <laughs> but it was not legally required to do so. No public authority was involved. The Romans didn't get divorced. They just simply divorced. They didn't get a divorce. They simply divorced. Number seven. Number eight, the rejection of marriage and the acceptance of cohabitation. Number nine, refusing to raise children that were born, abandoning them in the wilderness to be eaten by wild animals, or leaving them in the marketplace hoping that someone would adopt them. Number 10, low birth rate. Do you know in order for a society to just replace itself, you need to have 2.1 children per family. Our fertility rate now, as of 2017, is 1.76. Just think if Fellowship Baptist Church wasn't around. <laughs> no. Number 11. Abortion. Ancient abortion history. Abortion is not a modern phenomenon. Surviving texts from the ancient Roman world reveal that ancient people were well acquainted with abortion. It was a common practice. It was discussed by doctors, philosophers, lawyers, historians, and even poets. Romans found the practice of abortion to be good and necessary. 
those who promoted abortion had various reasons to prevent unwanted children, to reduce the number of weaker children. That was really the purpose of Margaret Sanger, Planned Parenthood, the mother of Planned Parenthood. To promote sexual activity, to prevent body disfigurement, to reduce the number of heirs, to avoid the expense and burdens of child rearing. After a child was born, the parents would decide whether or not the child would live or die. That seems so abhorrent, but now we have that conversation taking place in the Democratic Party. Let's let a live-born child lay on the table and keep it comfortable until a decision is made to kill it. Number 12, the acceptance of immorality and immoral behavior, including sodomy. 13 out of the first 14 Roman emperors were bisexual or homosexual. God calls it an abomination. He calls it reprobation. I do want to say this. Let's go back to the abortion. My wife and I, my wife never watches the news with me. Never. She leaves that up to me. But we, were wa- we, we were watching the news together when we were on vacation. And both of us sat there and wept when we saw the governor of the state of Georgia signed the heartbeat bill. Making abortion illegal as soon as the heart begins to beat, which is six six weeks after conception. I said, hallelujah, we're gaining a little bit of ground here. That was a blessing. The acceptance of immoral behavior, including sodomy. Number 13 is the decline of religion and the rise of persecution of Christians. I'm going to tell you something. I could preach an entire hour on persecution against Christians today in America. My opinion is that all of those things that I have just mentioned are happening right now in the United States of America. And you know why? Because Satan has attacked the very foundation, the family. David wrote, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? I'm going to tell you what righteous women can do. They can fight a good fight of faith. They can be warrior moms and not stop.
With all those things that I've just mentioned, Satan's attack upon the family can also be seen in the disrespect and disobedience that we see today among children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Remember, God doesn't change. His commandments don't change. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and thy mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live a long life on the earth. If Young people, you listen, if you don't want things to go well with you, be, be disrespectful and disobedient to your parents. And I guarantee you, things will not go well with you in your life. And all you have to do is stop and look among our own fellowship over all these years that I've pastored you. Those young people who have walked with God, who have given their life to the Lord, who have been honoring to their parents, who have obeyed their parents and come under their parents' authority, I'm here to tell you they're in the church. God has blessed them with great marriages. They have wonderful kids. And those who have not have been washouts. There is a generation that curseth their father and doth not bless their mother. Bless your moms. There is a generation that are pure in their own eyes and yet are not washed from their filthiness. There's a generation, oh, how lofty are their eyes. Their eyelids are lifted up. There's a generation whose teeth are as swords and their jaw teeth are like knives. God tells us. And you, you, you got to take this up with the Lord, not with what, don't take this up with this preacher. I'm not going to argue with you about this. But God says that those who are disrespectful and disobedient to their parents are worthy of death. That is in the Old Testament and that is also in the New Testament. For everyone that curseth his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. He hath cursed his father or his mother, his blood shall be upon him. If a man have a stubborn and rebellious son, which will not obey his voice or the voice of his mother, after they have chastened him, he will not hearken unto them. Then shall his father and his mother lay hold of him, bring him out into the elders of the city and under the gates of his place. And they shall say unto the elders of the city, Our son is stubborn. He is rebellious. He will not obey our voice. He is a drunkard. And all the men of the city shall stone him with stones that he die. So shalt thou put away from among you and all Israel shall hear and fear. This is also found in Romans chapter 1, just after the long, lengthy discussion of homosexuality, sodomy, 
He gives a whole list. Well, uh, we go there. Romans chapter one. So the perversion of homosexuality has been addressed in several verses prior to this. Drop down to verse 28, even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Again, talking about homosexuality. Being filled with all unrighteousness and fornication, Wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, malignity. You know what that word, it means to have an evil mind. We have people who have evil minds. Their minds are just evil. Whispers or gossips, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud boasters, inventors of evil things. Oh, what's this next one? What? I can't hear you. What? Disobedient to parents without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, another description of homosexuality, implacable and merciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of what? Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. I want you all to look at me. This is serious. This passage of scripture is not to be taken and just be blown blown off. Honoring and obeying your parents, especially your mother, is something that will bring blessing. I promise you. My son, hear the instruction of thy father. Forsake not the law of thy mother. Lay it down, moms. Lay it down. For they shall be an ornament of grace. Well, if there's one thing we need in life, it's the grace of God all over us. You want God's grace upon your life? You listen to your father. You obey the law of your mother. It shall be an ornament of grace unto thy head and chains about thy neck. Barnes Commentary. On the Bible says to the Israelite mind, no sign of joy or glory was higher in worth than the garland around the head and the gold chains around the neck. Honoring and obeying parents will result in you having good character, producing self-control, giving you a long life, and providing God's protection. Who doesn't want all those things? And I want to end with this one now that I'm older. Take care of your parents when they're old. <laughs> Forgot to preach on that years gone by, but now that I'm old. But if any widow have children... Or nephews, let them first learn to show piety, respect at home and to requit their parents. Pay them back. You know how much it costs to raise you? 
You know how much time we spent in prayer over you? You know how many times we held ourselves back from killing you? <laughs> Requit your parents. For that is good and acceptable before God. Hearken unto thy father that beget thee. Despise not thy mother when she is old. They took care of you. It's time for you to take care of them. And it's not right that grandparents are raising their grandkids. Jesus came down on this, I mean, hard slam. The Pharisees came to him and they said, Ha! We saw your disciples over there eating lunch and they didn't wash their hands before they ate. Now that may not be good hygiene, but there's nowhere in the Bible that says you have to wash your hands before you eat. Hallelujah. How many of you here always wash your hands before you eat? Can I see your hand? You germ freaks. That's how you all get sick. You can't develop an immunity. So the Pharisees, when their parents got older... And again, we could go to the passage, I could read it, but basically they would say to their mother and their father, listen, everything we have, we've dedicated it to God. All our money is God's, and so sorry, we can't take care of you because it's all God's. They called it Corbin. Corbin means a blessing from God dedicated back to God. I'll tell you what, we've all had a lot of Corbin. But just because what we have belongs to the Lord doesn't mean that we're not to take care of our parents. Amen. Give me an amen. amen. If you don't take care of your parents when they are old, the Bible says you have denied the faith. I see so many young people today who should be blessing their parents and their parents are bailing them out. Bailing them out, bailing them out. Their parents are dipping into their retirement to bail out their kids. It shouldn't be that way. It's wrong. It's supposed to be the other way around. Leave you with just a few points here. There's several ways that you can uh, honor your mother. I just jotted these down. Just express gratefulness to her. I can't do that anymore because my mom's in heaven. I'm so grateful for my mother. She's just such a good mom. Listen to her counsel. Live a life that honors her. Not that dishonors her. Not that she's ashamed of how you've acted or what you've done. But that she's so proud of you. Show her that you love her. Call her regularly. 
write a letter or a note of encouragement to her once in a while. Send her a gift. These are just a few practical suggestions. So let me ask you a question. How are you doing in obeying God's law and honoring your mother? And moms, are you a warrior mom? If you're not a warrior mom today, let me encourage you to enlist. If you are a warrior mom, don't ever lay down your weapons. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. You are our first line of defense. Don't retreat. Let's pray. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.